My name is Frankie Mazapika. Thank you for tuning in today. The title of my message is A View from the Ark. Most of us are familiar with the story of Noah in the Ark. It's a story about how God looked at the earth and said, It is so evil. It is so wicked. I'm just going to wipe them all out and start over, but this time with one family, Noah and seven others. There were four women. There were four uh, men on that boat. They were family. And he said, this is who I'm going to start with. But I want to just kind of slow the whole scene down because living on that ark as long as they did, well over a year, living on that ark had to have been extraordinarily difficult. It had to have been. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 verse 1, it says this, that the Lord remembered Noah and the wild animals and the livestock and all that were with him inside of the boat. And he sent a wind and when he did, the flood waters receded. Let's just unpack that one verse for a few moments. I'm going to talk to you today about the wind, the water, and I'm going to talk to you about mountains. Wind, water, and mountains. Are you ready? Say yes. yes. Come on, let me hear you. Are you ready? Say yes. yes. So I find it fascinating Before I get to the wind, water, and mountains, I find it fascinating that the writer of Genesis says, and the Lord did not forget Noah. Fascinating. Obviously, Noah must have felt forgotten if those words needed to be in there. I relate to that. I know most of you do as well, probably all of you, where you go through seasons and you think, God, what are you doing? Do you, can you clearly see that I am going through hell sideways right now? If you are making stars up there, we have enough. Stop. Take care of me. It's it's just, we're good. You don't have to make any more new things. We can't even see those galaxies anyway. Stop. Stop. Take care of me. I've noticed that when people abandon the faith, they stop pursuing the Lord. They stop going to church. Most often it's because they feel as though The Lord that they put their trust in was not trustworthy. Are you with me? They trusted him, but he didn't prove to be trustworthy. That is, that had to have been how Noah felt. He's looking out the window of the ark 
And he is seeing all of his friends and his extended family die. Like, think about this. You can't make this up. I mean, they make movies of about the whole world coming to, you know, an end. This, it was the end. I mean, animals and houses floating. I mean, we live in, in, in South Texas. We know what floods look like. We've seen houses float down the street before. This is what he was seeing in mass. The entire earth. And so he felt forgotten. And I just want to say this. Even though you may be married. Oftentimes, let me say it this way. Oftentimes single people feel that they are living a more alone life than those who are married. But that's not always the case. Because just because you're married doesn't mean that you do not have to go through personal battles. You can be in a room full of a whole bunch of people and still feel all alone. And so for the person here that's going through so much that you feel all alone, I want you to know there is a scripture in the Bible just for you. Just for you for this season right now. Now there's a lot of them, but I'm going to share with you the one that's on my heart for you this morning. It's in Psalms chapter 34 verse 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those with a crushed spirit. Not everybody in this room, not everybody watching right now has a broken heart. But to those of you who are, I want you to know that the Lord is close to you. He is so close to you that he made a point to say it. In John chapter 14, verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Have you ever been there? I've been there so many times. uh, Where I'm thinking to myself, I am trapped. I'm trapped because I don't know how to get out of where I am right now to where I believe God wants me to be. I don't know how to get there. I I can imagine what that life would look like, but I feel like I'm on one side of the Grand Canyon. And what I believe God wants for me and, and what I want for me is on the other side of the Grand Canyon. Does that make sense? There's certain dreams on the inside of me. There's certain desires on the inside of me. There's certain things that I want to do for the Lord. There's certain things that I want to do before I die. And I think to myself, how in the world? I don't even have the gifts, the spiritual gifts. I don't even have the natural means to do what I desire to do for God. It just seems impossible. Maybe you feel like you're in an ark from a different perspective. I would say to you, if you don't hear anything else this morning, he is closer to you than the shirt is on your back. All three, all seven of you can clap for that. 
Come on, put your hands together for that, everybody in the room. I want to talk to you a little bit about the wind. Because the Bible says, and the Lord sent wind across the earth. Now, you can't see wind. When it happens, it just happens. Like if you and I were standing out in the parking lot and all of a sudden the wind blew, I could see your hair blow. You wouldn't see my blow. But. Which incidentally, my family and I were out last night and my son, 14-year-old smart mouth, walks up to me and says, Hey, Dad, you have something in your hair. And I promise I went just like this. In my head, I'm still 21 with curls. In my head. I went just like this. He started laughing. He, he laughed so hard he started feeling bad. I could see him pulling it back. How many of you are like 20 years younger in your head? Like third, at least, yeah. So it was like, I'm still, you know, I, I am 20. I'm, I'm about to be 44 years old. In my head, I'm 22. I feel like all of you are going to fire me at any moment. I've been fired from 21 jobs between the ages of 16 and 18. 21. They are so picky about showing up and blah, 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 blah. I am digressing so rapidly and I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. What am I talking about? The wind. Thank you. My wife is here. Thank God she's here. So you can't, you can't tell when the wind comes. It just kind of surprises you. It just shows up. They were already in the middle of a storm. And then the wind comes. The wind is that moment that you did not see coming. I was in the mall the other day and I was talking to one of the sales guys and all of a sudden he says, you know, my wife and I have been married for 25 years and she just showed up because I thought we were happily married. She just showed up and handed me divorce papers. And I said, is there another guy? She said, no, I'm just done. And she walked out. Just done. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I was just here to buy a watch. I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get into this. But when you're going through hell, it's the only thing you can think about. Have you ever been there? It's the only thing you can think about. And when all of a sudden you get broadsided with the situation that you did not see coming. That's the wind. It just slams up against your ark. You did, and not to mention things were, it's not like you were smooth sailing before the wind came. But then all of a sudden you get hit with this surprise and you feel like, what's it called when the boat goes upside down? Cap, you feel like you're about to capsize. The trouble about having the wind hit you, being in a storm, is that you can't really tell anybody about it. Number one, 
You don't have the energy for it. Like you're living it. And you don't want to have to relive it by talking about it all over again. Are you with me? Say yes. So when people say, how you doing? It's just like, fine. Let's stop right there. I don't want to relive it all over again. But number two, they can't fix it anyway. So I even tell them. And so this comes up and it hits you. and you, It's like things are just getting progressively worse. This was what Noah was in. But then the Bible says that the floodwaters after the wind, the floodwaters began to recede. Now, the interesting thing about floodwaters receding is that you don't know they're receding. Are you with me? You don't know that. The only thing you know is that you feel like you're drowning. And the waters are receding, but Noah doesn't know it. I want to tell you, the Bible says this in Psalms 56, 9. The very day you call for help, the tide of the battle turns. The very day. Now, if you pay attention to the floodwaters in your life, you can talk yourself into not believing that. Because the scripture and your faith seem to be contradicting what you see. But I want to tell you that if the Lord promised you that when you pray, the tide of the battle changes... Don't trust your eyes. They might be lying to you. Your eyes might be lying to you. Every change that happens on the earth first happens in the heavens. That's why Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing in heaven. He sees His Father working And then he works. In John chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. My father is always working, and so am I. What does that mean? Whatever is going on in your life right now, he is working. I know what you're thinking. Can you work a little faster? (laughs) I mean, you're God. Like... Work faster and be more obvious. I'd appreciate it if you'd be more obvious. Like at least show me a, 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 that, that, that I'm in the right place. But a lot of times the Lord wants to say, look, this situation is so big, you can't fix it. You know you can't fix it because if you could fix it, you would have already fixed it. Right? When, when your marriage is being held together with duct tape and super glue, if you could fix that, you would have already done it. But sometimes there's unexplainable emotions going on that you can't really fix because you don't even know quite how to verbalize what you're feeling. So you would fix it, but you can't really verbalize it. 
And secondly, you really don't even want to talk to that person anyway, even if you could verbalize it. Now, how do you fix that? See, there are certain situations where if God doesn't fix it, it's not going to get fixed. These situations God puts us in so that we can back up and, and say, God, I can't do this. Those are the most powerful words that you can say. The reason why I say that is the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he raises up the humble. He raises up the humble. And when you say, I can't do this, my boat is rocking back and forth, wind is coming from different directions, and if you don't save me, I'm going to end up wearing an orange jumpsuit because I'm going to hurt somebody. Let me just say, (laughs) the Lord is in everything that's going on. An interesting situation took place. I think my wife and I, we were in Costa Rica or we were in Mexico somewhere. I don't know where we were. But she wanted to surprise me with a sunset cruise which basically means you sit at the front of this boat and they drive you towards the sunset, okay? Which theoretically, I think it was our anniversary or something like that, or we were celebrating something. That sounds so romantic. (laughs) In our head, it was like, this is going to be so romantic. Like, I'm going to put a rose in my teeth. Like... I was on that boat for about 2.1 seconds and my stomach started turning. And the guy that was like spinning the the wheel, he's wanting to give us our money's worth. So he's going really slow and he's pointing it towards the sun. My stomach is turning, it's turning, it's turning. And so finally I couldn't take it anymore. I said, Allie, you look so beautiful tonight. I said, How long have we been on this boat? I'm thinking she's going to say an hour. She said, 20 minutes. I said, how long are we going to be on this boat? She said, four hours. I'm like, this is the end of me. This is how I go. I've always wondered what my where I'll be when my last heartbeat takes place. It's going to be right here on this boat. So I'm sick and now I can't even fake it anymore, which incidentally, it's hard work faking that everything is going okay, isn't it? It's hard work. It's hard work. There was this old song in the 90s, I think it was the 80s, it says, underneath this armor, this warrior is a child. Man. I tell you, sometimes you just want to take the armor off and just cry, right? Or just take the armor off and go, man, I'm not as strong as I'm making you making it out to be. I'm, I'm not that strong. But anyway, I'm about to throw up over the boat. And so I'm working my way to the back of the boat. And there's this guy, he was a local guy, and he's in a good mood. 
And he's spinning the wheel of the boat. He's whistling real, like, he could just whistle really good. Like, I think he could talk to the birds. Like, so he's spinning the thing. And uh, I'm working my way to the back because I see this little bench. And I'm going to lay down on the bench. And so I'm working my way to the back of the boat. And he goes, amigo. And I'm like, we are not friends right now. There's, there's nobody on this earth that I'm friends with right now. I'm not even friends with me right now. I don't even want to be me right now. He goes, amigo, estás enfermo? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I'm about to puke. He looks at me and he's spinning the wheel and he goes, he looks over he goes, mira, mira los montañas, las montañas. And he's telling me to look at the mountains. Mira las montañas. And I'm thinking, look, if I wanted your advice, I would ask for it. (laughs) Has anyone ever offered advice? It's like, I don't... (laughs) It seems to me sometimes that people that give the most advice are people whose life... It's nothing I, w- I want. Like, does that make sense? It's like, your whole world is chaos, but you're going to tell me how to get out of chaos. So he's telling me to look at the mountains. And so I'm like, I'm all turned around. I don't have any, what else am I going to do? Just lay there. So I, I, I put my hands on the back because the, 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 the boat is going this way towards the, the sunset. And so I get on the back of the boat and I just stare at the mountains. And as I'm staring at it, what I'm, what I'm looking at, I later realized that it started balancing out my equilibrium. But, but what I was looking at stabilized me. It stabilized me. Now what's interesting is in Genesis chapter 8 verse 5, it says... And then Noah saw the peaks of the mountains. Now, if you were Noah's life coach, okay, and if he looks out this window of the ark, he sees the peaks of the mountains. But if he looks out this window of the ark, all he sees is water. Which window would you tell him to look at? The mountains. Why? Why? Because that stabilizes him. That's the hope. That's the sign that the waters are receding. That's the sign that the season is changing. It might be a small sign, but it's a sign. I think we need to look for the signs And not talk ourselves out of the fact that they are a sign. Because God uses little signs to encourage us along the journey. It's the sign, the sign is not the end of a journey, it's the indication that the end is coming. When you're driving down the road and you see one of those squiggly signs, It's like a yellow sign with a black arrow that goes like this. It's telling you that 
coming up, the road is going to go like that. But not right now. Right now, the road is going straight. So in your head, you're going, hold on a second, coming up. The sign is an indication of not where you are, but where you're going. And God uses little signs. See, people who are children of God can notice God anywhere. But those who are not cannot find God anywhere. God always uses little signs. When he sent the wise men to go see Jesus in the manger, he told them, go follow the star. Now, I don't want to be a a spoiler alert kind of guy. But I just want to tell you that the star above the manger did not look like the way we've seen it painted. Okay, the way we see it painted is there's all these little tiny stars and all of a sudden there's this big, huge star and it's pointing down <laughs> like like an arrow to the manger. Now, you tell me, in your walk with God, have you ever had a sign from God that says, go right? It's right here. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You have to look into the sky and see all the stars and say, there's something different about that star. And you have to trust what the Spirit is telling you. There's something different about that star. There's a a story in the Bible about a prophet and he's praying that Uh, His name is uh, uh, Elijah. He's praying for rain. And he he looks up and he sees the cloud the size of a man's hand. It's this big. It's a very small sign. The average Joe would say, no water can be in that. Logic will always fight against your spirit. Always. I had somebody tell me one time, you can explain away any miracle. Fascinating. There's a, there's a, hand, a, 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 a cloud the size of a man's hand. In his heart, he said, that's not just a cloud. That's a sign. I want to tell you, for those of you that can see something different happening, you can back up and say, I'm going to keep my eyes locked on that. I know God is changing my season. I know he's changing my season.
Can we all stand up? I feel like the Lord's going to do something different. Yeah, I, I appreciate it when they bring those slide, those blinds down because I want to block everything else out. Um, if you would, uh, if you're new to church, you're like, okay, what just happened? The blinds just came down. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> I'll meet you outside. Uh, we just get distracted so easily. If you're anything like me, if a squirrel runs by, it's like, squirrel. And and you didn't come here today because you woke up this morning and you're like, you know what, I feel like hearing a guy preach. <laughs> you, you came here today because of the hope and the expectation that maybe, maybe, just maybe, Going to church can change something. Just maybe. In Psalms 26, verse 8, it says, I love to come to the house of the Lord because it's where his presence dwells. When you come into the house of the Lord and his presence is here, if we take a moment, anything can happen. Anything can happen. If there's something on the inside of your body, like cancer or any other disease, it's, it's eating your body away. Or maybe it's just any infection that's on the inside of your body, whether it's uh, anything. As far as cancer or an infection, I want you to come out of your seat and come stand right down here. Shoulder to shoulder, because I believe that healing is in this place. It's not me saying it like trying to hype you up. Hopefully you can hear in my voice tone, I'm not trying. There's a difference between hype and faith. And for those of you that have been coming to church here over the past three years, every single Sunday, people get healed. And, and I feel like just back up just a little bit. 
four, five, six, seven. I need a, a prayer partner in front of all seven of these people. The only thing I ever ask is if you get healed at Celebration Church, would you tell us about it? That's all I ask. It is your responsibility to testify of your healing. It is your responsibility. The Bible says, do not touch the glory of God. You have to give him glory. You have to give it, and I have to stay away from it. I was talking with somebody on our team earlier today. Uh, I'm sorry, last week. They said, I don't understand why when people get healed, they don't want to tell anybody about it. Like it's a personal thing. Your testimony is so powerful that the enemy will try to convince you to keep it to yourself. Your testimony is the most powerful thing you have. If you ever want to convert or tell somebody about your faith, just tell them your story. You don't have to give them 50 scriptures. Just tell them your story. Your story, your testimony is so powerful. But this is what I want to talk about. I need another prayer partner, please, over here. I've talked a lot about being in a storm and the wind blowing your boat and getting broadsided and all these word pictures they've got to translate somehow I want you to just put your hands out like this put your face to the Lord try to picture his face to the best of your ability What I want you to do with your hands, uh, open your eyes just for a second. I want you to hold your hands just like this, okay? I want you to take everything that you're worried about and you're concerned about, and I just want you to put it in your hands like you're laying it on an altar. And you're just saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm done. Take this. And do whatever you want to do with it. If you kill it, you kill it. If you bring it back to life, you bring it back to life. If you, like, in Daniel 2.21, it says that he changes the times and the seasons. Just take your season and just lay it in your hands and just look at him and just say, I need you. healing is in this place for
Let's just wait one second if it's okay. Just look to the heavens. I feel like the Lord's moving and he wants me to shut up. So just, if it's okay, can I do that? you have whatever it is in your life I just want you to hold it in your hands just like this and just look to him Holy Spirit do what a man can't do right now I don't even want you to pray. I just want you to hold the situation in your hands and I want you to do the best you can to visualize his face and just give it to him. Just give it to him. just whisper to him, I'm tired and I'm done. Do whatever you want to do. I'm tired and I'm done. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do with my heart. Do it. I'm yours. Tired and I'm done. Just do whatever you want to do. Holy Spirit, let your wind blow through this place. Let your wind blow through this place and cause the waters to recede in their life waters to recede in their life. Let them breathe again 
have hope again. Go ahead and lay your hands on these people. The healing is healing's moving in the room now. Healing's moving in the room right now. healing in this place there's healing in this place there's healing I just feel like trust has been broken sometimes you can give a company your entire life and then all of a sudden they treat you as if they don't even know you there's healing in this place there's a certain kind of healing that only God can do and I want to encourage you there's no official dismissal but we see miracles too often and I speak in the name of Jesus that your heart will be healed your soul will be healed your spirit will be healed let's sing that song there's no official dismissal may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord's face shine down upon you and be gracious to you If you would just raise your hands in this room, let's sing this simple song. Here. Mm-hmm. 